The Simon Filer Podcast, giving authors a platform. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. The savvy and inspiring Deborah Fay joins me on the Simon Filer Podcast today. Deb's a holistic counsellor, an author and founder and owner of Disruptive Publishing based on the north side of Brisbane in Queensland, Australia. Deb and her team help you on your journey to greatness, whether you want to become a published author, a speaker, public speaker, start or grow your own business, make a difference, leave a legacy or even change the world. Deb Fay can help you. Welcome to the podcast, Deb. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God, you should be writing my content. That sounded so good. That's better than what I could come up with. Oh, well, that's you in a nutshell and a whole lot more, which we're about to find out. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here today. So I chatted on the Small Biz Matters podcast with you and I had so much fun that I thought we should do it all again and find out all about you this time. So So where shall we start? Yeah, exactly. Well, ultimately, disruptive publishing helps aspiring authors use their lived experiences to impact lives. And you and your team facilitate your proven techniques to help them do this, given you've done this for more than 250 authors who've worked with you. But I want to go back to your teenage years. Are you okay with that? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a little while ago, i got to (laughs) say. But that's when it all started, right? You decided you wanted to be a writer. So what was your inspiration for that many years ago? Oh, wow. That was um, a couple of teachers actually at school had us. um, So I went to a Catholic school and religious education and uh, they wanted us to start journaling. And I loved it, absolutely loved it and kept a journal for a long, long time um, and just loved books so I think it was just always a case of I would love to actually write one myself one day and that was early teens very early maybe 13 um 13 14 yeah right that is early in the piece so when you were journaling did they encourage you to first start journaling because that seems to be very modern nowadays doesn't it everybody yeah. or everyone should be doing that <laughs> it's well helpful. you know it's certainly really healthy to reflect you know yeah. um what's that saying the unexa- unexamined life is not worth living so that's an old saying that one but yeah just i think it was just part of a self development self awareness exercise and we all know self awareness is pretty much at the basis of all change all healing um starts there just becoming aware and so as part of that and these particular teachers were great one was a nun um strangely and uh, and the other she never married she's only just passed recently but they had a huge impact on the, on they were just fabulous, really, and really encouraging and supportive of all the students. You know, you get some teachers, they're, they just struggle. Yeah, These guys <laughs> just were in their element helping and supporting and growing kids. And I was just one of the many that they had an impact on. But the whole self-awareness thing was all very new and writing down your feelings and, yeah. you know, writing stories about things that had happened and just reliving things. That was fantastic. That was so exciting. I think that's quite innovative for them doing it back then. I, I, I went so. to a Catholic school as well, and I don't recall doing anything like that. But also mm. the fact that they ha- were so invested in you guys, you know, to mm. 
for you to remember them like that because I think teachings come a long way and from my memory I don't know if we were on the same level I was a bit naughty at school (laughs) yeah Yeah, I probably was um, one of those kids that had some special needs (laughs) that's why we're so creative yeah probably yeah Yeah. um so how did your writing sort of grow from there I know that you you went on to become a holistic counsellor but um Mm. you know how did that sort of connect well I guess I just kept writing and I kept learning from people around personal development. So when I say I loved reading, predominantly I loved reading self-help books. And that was from early, early 20s. I probably read I'm Okay, You're Okay. And that was probably the, the beginning. Another book, um, Dr. Irene Casola. You know, that was the days of the Donahue show and those sorts of shows where they were bringing people to you that were authors that were writing great things and having a you know great impact on people's lives and I thought I want to be one of those people and you know it's still a dream for lots of people to be able to take what you've gone through and turn it into something of value to someone else it's like it brings validation and purpose I think to what you go through yourself uh, and so, you know, just I just kept journaling, kept journaling through um, my own personal development and just as you get older, like I'm 60 this year, so, you know, as you get older, you just... And looking just, amazing. Thank you, darling. <laughs> um, you just, you know, you, you develop strategies and you get skills and you get wisdom just because, <laughs> just because you've been around and you've been in the room for a long time. So when you can share that with other people and, it, you know, you see that lights other people up, that's super exciting. Yeah, and that inspires you to keep writing and, and keep sharing what you know, whether it's through books or blogging or, you know, we have so many opportunities now. It's super exciting to um, be able to have a blog and have a following. What we have with social media is amazing, what we can share. Uh, you can You don't have to be sort of writing a book, but writing a book is the ultimate for for those of us who love to write. Yeah, it's a good way. It's a a great legacy to leave, you know. Um, So your holistic counselling, was that a course that you did? Yeah, I did a a few few courses. Right. Yeah. Because you opened up, your first business was at My Juicy Life? Um, My own personal business. So in um, mid-20s, my husband and I started a business. So he's a builder. And so we had our own business for 18 years, Innovative Home Improvements it was. Okay, cool. And, yeah, and that was really cool. And then. That's uh, good that you did something together like that. And we work really well together. So we're really lucky like that. We just, we, um, we're just really good at communicating and, you know, we were on the same page and I guess we both just work hard, Um, you know, raise three kids at the same time and. Um, liked the idea of being able to go to camps, sort of needed to, (laughs) um, to support our kids. And, um, yeah, so just being able to have that flexibility was really, really good and it worked for us. Mind you, we started during that, um, you know, the recession that we had to have in 19, you might not remember, but 1991 we had a recession that Paul Keating famously coined the recession recession we had to have. have. I do. That's a famous catchline. Yes, (laughs) it is. And so instead of, so construction just really stopped. It's quite phenomenal to watch. And like people would have seen it with the global financial crisis as well, pretty much the same thing. 
construction just stopped and um, we didn't want to go to, uh, we had a young child, we didn't want to go to what was then the Department of Social Security, what, what is now Centrelink, yeah. and stand on the end of a line. So, like you know, I was pushing a pram and I just was visiting real estate agent after real estate agent, um, just letting people know we're about happy to do handyman work, that sort of thing, not me, but Stu, and just, yeah. just got the word out and started and just sort of really fell into our own business, which grew quite well. Oh, that's um, awesome. And that's then such was, a good story. Well, yeah, it's funny, you know, we have these plans in life when we're going to do this and we're going to do that and yeah. then life happens. That's Isn't right. that true? <laughs> so <Yeah>. true. <laughs> yeah, so it's, what, I think there's another saying, you know, it's like 10% what you make it and 90% how you take it or something. So you can have these plans, but then the rest of the time you're just responding, <laughs> hopefully responding and not reacting. Yeah, um, good point. So, yeah, that that was 18 years and then Stu went to work uh, put the tools down it was time and uh, went to work for someone else as a project manager then in constructions and I thought what am I going to do so I did some study then worked for Australia Post delivering parcels for a little while um, while I was studying and then opened my own counselling practice and then that just you know the whole thing of helping people be empowered by their stories instead of disabled by them you know, and it's not an easy process and it's a different process for every person uh, who comes to you, but it's really exciting being a part of it. It's a real honour to be a part of that process with people. And um, and then I wanted to help someone one day with their business and I said, let's just put a little PDF together of stories of other people who've, you know, done what you're going to do with them and, you know, you'll be able to give it off, you, you give it away from your website as a lead magnet and um, when we got all the stories together, they were so good and so inspiring. And I thought, just going to have a look and see what we can do about publishing. Maybe there's a way. And there was, amazingly. And then that was the start of the whole publishing journey. And one point I just decided I'm going to go into this full time. Mm. So, so my GC life was that the That beginning? was the counselling, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. You helped a lot of women in that particular field but obviously yeah. like all of those steps have basically led you up to where you are today yeah isn't that true for everybody really um, yeah you, you don't build. know that though do you <laughs> no you don't yeah. it's and it is I, like a jigsaw puzzle putting your life together and making it I guess you know turning it into something that you know has a bigger purpose than than what you realize yeah I definitely believe that so mm. I did go through your website and I love your website. Um, you Thank learned you. a lot through your counselling days and this is on yes. your website that we don't just have feelings, we have feelings about our feelings. We do. And that's where usually where we get into trouble. Yeah. I like mm. I had to think about that, you know, and thought mm. that's it really resonated with me because I thought, do I do that? I don't do I really do that. I bet you do do that. We judge <laughs> our definitely, feelings. Yeah, fully. Yeah. And we oh. give ourselves a hard time about our feelings. And we tell us we shouldn't feel things when we just yeah do. yeah like, I feel really angry and I don't know why I'm really sad that I'm angry or <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah so I'm resistant defiant disruptive all those things wow. you yeah. know we become to avoid our feelings yeah to actually yeah. face them I guess for for you a lot of that was about your writing and particularly your book because you thought about writing your book every day for many years believing that you weren't good enough. But obviously, quite a few years later, you did secure your writing dream and you wrote mm. and published 
six I just happened to have happiness. one right here. There we oh, go. See, awesome. See. So oh, that, that was, was my first solo work. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You've you've written the other one was the compilation book that I did with that friend to help her. That was domestic detox, and I thought, well, and once I knew I could do it. I sort of put together everything that I knew about resilience and just building a strong emotional foundation, uh, what they would call EQ, emotional intelligence, and just write everything I knew about that in a way that people could actually like put it into practice. There is a seventh key and I have to write that yet. Um, And the seventh key is actually to automate all those practices. Okay. um, So that it just becomes part of your life. Mm. Um, not a fixer, an actual habit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's mm. a really important thing, yeah, to get into mm. the good habits that provide and result in good outcomes. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, yeah, I could work on strategies that would make automate things a little bit easier for me rather than I tend to get lost in my feelings and then think I'm writing yeah. this thing the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to read your book. So did you then open Disruptive Publishing after, because you self-published that first book, is that correct? Yes, that's right. And I did a couple of other books, just helping people out. Yeah. Uh, And and I did a couple of projects that that I uh, probably would like to have had on my bedside table as I was raising kids. Um, I created those myself. um, And then I just got so many requests and there's just such a huge market there that, I thought opportunity came and I thought I'm going to take it and I'll go full-time into publishing. Uh, So I did continue counselling part-time for a little while uh, and just stopped taking on new clients and gradually, look, I still get calls now sometimes from people that I've seen in the past and just the occasional one just, just, yeah, struggling with something. Um, and, you know, now we have Zoom and things like that and it's great. It doesn't matter where people are. But full-time, my full-time job is publishing books. Yeah. yeah. And disruptive publishing. How how'd you arrive yeah. at that? That's a very cool name. Yes, and that's an interesting interesting story, or at least it was for me. Um, I went and saw someone speak one night and uh, <laughs> At the end of his talk, I just about bolted out of my chair to go and talk to him and said to him, you need to write a book and it needs to be called, you know, disrupting um, the status quo or something like that, something disruptive or being disruptive. And um, afterwards I was talking with, I just couldn't help myself, and afterwards I, I was talking to my business coach and I said, I don't know what was going on. This guy is not my target audience. He's not even someone that I would think, oh, I want to work with you. <laughs> but I had to go and talk to him and tell him, you have to do this. And and so we just drilled down, well, what was he saying? What was he doing that made you, you know, that really stirred you up? And we got to this part, it was where he was pushing back against, um, I think, just trying to remember if it was a legal issue or it might have been just rules around something that he was going through and him pushing back actually changed things for the better and it was that at that point I thought being disruptive is a really good thing in the right place at the right time Mm. and it was that feeling of pushing back and that feeling of being a rebel uh, a little bit like you know the that verse from the breakfast club that uh, Steve Jobs used to um or yeah, I think he recited it at a university 
um, here's to the misfits, the rebels. Yeah. Um, that verse that really just summed up, you know, a lot of, I guess what I was feeling where I was coming and the sort of person that I attracted, um, just people that aren't just quite comfortable with the status quo and, you know, don't want to be a pain in the ass, but don't necessarily think sticking with things the way they are is the right thing to do either. You know, it's the tradition's nice if it works for people, but sometimes, and I guess essentially why it works for me, why disruptive publishing works for me is because I'm working with people who have been told all their lives they don't have the right to speak up mm. and they should, you know, the whole um, children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. Worse than that, even more so, like just you don't deserve to speak, wow. you know. You And so when you're working with people like that and they just want to tell their story, they want to be heard, they want to be validated. And for them it feels very disruptive to yeah. speak up and, you know, even if you're not even naming names or anything like that, you know, to share an experience um, and to Put it in writing like that is a huge thing, a very disruptive thing to do. Yeah, um, courageous to do that. It is, and it's empowering, and it's liberating, and I love it all. Yep. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your passion? Is this your passion, running your business? Is is it fun for you to do this and work with people um, to help them realise their publishing goals? And more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I, it just comes back to that, you know, being part of that process for people when they find their voice and they do speak up and they find that courage and they push through their own barriers and, and you know, to see their story in in print. It's, you know, it's a phen phenomenal process. And for many, it's a, it's a dream they've had for a long time. Mm. so you know and I know that feeling so to be a part of that with someone else is super cool and also an honor um and just a lot of fun really yeah. um and you've and worked, worked with all sorts of people as well you know from the age of eight to pretty yes. much 88 or even older 89 in a month I think That's my a... oldest and most disruptive author is <laughs> yes <laughs> that, that is so cool the most disruptive author. definitely the most disruptive I love that word yes. yeah, yeah that's yeah. That's inspiring. Yeah. I've actually recorded an audio book with an eighty an eighty nine year old man for thirty hours. Yes, and that's inspiring. But even as young as mm. eight, you know, that's you're making a a person's dream come true. You know, younger than when yeah. you first started to want to write. That's right. When we did the first, so that came out of two compilation books that we did with our local Catholic school, and uh, so there was children between eight and twelve in those story in those books and the first one one of the young girls came up to me and talked about one of the other young girls and said oh, she's going to be an author when she grows up she's really good and I said darling you're an author now and she went what 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 are you, what are you talking about you know so um and then she just big smile on her face and off she skipped. And it was the most delightful <laughs> thing, seriously, oh. um, just adorable. But it just hadn't clicked in for her. She's thinking, oh, everyone else will be an author when they grow up. You know, you're an author now at eight years old. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. That, that's disruption right there, you know, because yeah. kids always think, what we always ask the kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? But start now. Yeah, don't wait. <laughs> yeah, get into it right now. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a sensational story. So your website, disruptivepublishing.com.au, is so inspiring. I mentioned before, particularly um, the Get Inspired page for me, where you talk about having a dream and taking the small steps because that's what they are, baby steps, until it actually comes true. Um, The site is inspiring for everybody but um, certainly for Thank authors you. at any stage of their journey. And Thank even though you. I create audio books, my interest was piqued by your free 30-day book writing challenge because um, yes. I get often asked the question, are you going to write a book? And I'm like, no, I just make audio books. But um, <laughs> you do a three a 30-day free book writing challenge. What's that all about? Yeah. Well, that just gives people an opportunity to get started. And that's one of the biggest questions I get asked is, where do I even start? And, um, of course, beyond that, there's other questions like who am I to write a book and those sorts of things, all the self-doubt. But, you know, just the practical steps of starting. So I don't do this for fiction. This is just for nonfiction. But, and you can join the group and, you know, do the 30 days yourself. I give you um, like a scheduling tool to work out how many words you can do each day and, you know, it just breaks everything down for you so you can get a launch date and that sort of thing. And uh, it's a great little tool. And um, what I do is for the first nine days of those 30 days, I send you just a tiny little five-minute video that gives you a little bit more structure. And so it it just gets you to get your introduction done and just structure your book. So then beyond that, all you have to do is spend the time to fill in the blanks. Because okay. you've got your chapters sorted, uh, your topics, you know, that you want to cover. And we, we I teach them about having a call to action and those sorts of things, uh, especially if you want to use your book as a self-help book and, um, you know, where to put uh, different types of information. Uh, talk about writing your, your actual story in a way that's engaging because there is a way to write stories instead of just writing them chronologically. And, you know, we've probably talked about this, but in um when you just watch it like I love midsummer murders you know and those sorts of things they always start with the big bang in the front the big the big thing that happened and then they work backwards and they uncover or unfold the events that led up to it and so then you can find out who did it um I love that stuff and um, and you can do that with your own personal stories. It's a great way to start. You know, I've got one author that starts her book, I Got Hit by a Train. Um, and, you know, that's that's a hook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one that says, I got hit by a car. True story. Wow. And that's another hook. You know, that's just a great way to start. So even just telling your story, start with the big stuff. And then, you know, so that sort of structure is what I've put into the 30-day Mm. A book writing challenge and it just and then with the scheduling tool just helps you to know well I've got to write 500 words today um, so you might decide you're going to write weekly or you're going to write daily so you just work out how many words you need to do to do say a 30 or 40,000 word book whatever it is that you want to achieve mm. break it down and it is a step-by-step thing then and um, and you just keep showing up yeah like everything else in life just keep showing up and eventually you will get there yeah uh, does do you think everybody's got a book in them? Yes, and I believe there's not enough books. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah they that, yeah, I agree. <laughs> they open up a whole new world. Every book, every single book. I have a tendency to really get heavily involved in every book that I do, 
<laughs> my kids are constantly yeah, invested. Yeah. My kids are like, okay, yeah. what's what are we on now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What yeah. world are we living in? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, um, I so relate. Yeah. Are yeah. you? Yeah. Are you? And so, what you in your business? Are you still doing the editing? I mean, obviously, you're. You know what? What's your main role in your business now? Basically, I sell and I project manage. So um, I have people to help me with editing, with formatting, with book cover creation. Uh, I do the selling, so I like the onboarding, I guess, when a client comes. So if they are looking to learn for themselves, then I uh, direct them to our Authorpreneurs Bootcamp. That's the learning platform that we have. Yeah. And then I do group coaching twice a month there. Uh, and I like so I've done all the training videos and things that are in there and if they come to me to actually do their books for them then I project manage and so once they're onboarded we um, basically give them an idea of timeline and let them know exactly what needs to happen and then I just make sure it keeps moving through the process until we come out the other end and the book's done and then we can launch and beyond that we do have a little bit of um, a support we offer a little bit of support around marketing and we're starting um, just this year actually 90-day marketing plan oh that's so good I think that's one of the hardest things about this industry telling people it's there Yes, and authors by nature, I feel, are introverted. Yeah. And we're just like, I just want to write my book, let someone else sell it. Yeah. Uh, it's just not how it works anymore. It just doesn't yeah. work like that. You have to sell your book. And I think it's easier if you believe in what you've written and you believe it can make a difference and then you're more likely to put it in front of people. But you definitely, you will not put it in front of people if you're not proud of the cover, the way it looks, and if you're not proud of the content. And that's a big part of my job is making sure people feel so friggin' good about what they've done and what it looks like yeah. um, that they can't wait to put it in front of people. That, that helps. Yeah, that's so exciting. I know um, people that I've worked with that have written their book have thought it's been up to a standard where they've been really happy with it. But um, it's about finding someone like you that can make them feel like this is magic. I'm so yeah. glad I did this. So and you basically hold their hands right from the get go, don't don't you? Yes, yes, I do. So what would and happen? Think... Just say I rocked up and said, "Hey, Deb, I've written I've written a book, um, yep. and I don't know what to do. What am I going to do?" Okay. Well, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you, do you want to be a publisher, um, or do you want me to publish it for you? And that is a defining moment because. It's all right to think, you know, yeah, I'd love to learn how to do it myself, but it's a big commitment. And because uh, people don't do it all the time, it's challenging. So it's not that it can't be done. It absolutely can be done. That's how I started. Um, but I also had a young, I think, 23 at the time. My son was, and he's in IT, and he helped me through some technical stuff that I probably would have given up, you yeah. know, at those stages without his help. And he knows nothing about books. He just knows about, you know, working with the things new online modern, and doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the new modern world, yes. The new modern language. It's, it is a language, I yeah. swear. Um, so, yeah, there's because we don't do it all the time, so your standard might not be what you would want if you when you do it for yourself the first time. Uh, certainly ours wasn't. And, you know, we just get better and better with age. Um, 
and I look at some things now and I think must go back and redo that one with what we know now and um and we probably will do that that with some but um yeah so what I will do is just say to you do you want to be a publisher do you want to learn to be a publisher and the probably the way to determine that will be um do you have other books in you so quite often when people write a book um it's they don't just want to write one book they want they have several books in them and they know it at some level they're actually just a writer that's all there is to it mm. um and that would be most people not all people most people so it's like okay well if you're going to write lots of books maybe learning how to publish for yourself in that sort of the supportive environment that we have would be really good that would work really well for you um but if you don't some people even if they've got several books they don't want to do it themselves then no, they it's don't a want big, to get it's into a big the technical job it's as big as like writing the book and all of that itself uh yeah i would say um i would say it's probably bigger yeah because you know your content you know so yeah you've got to learn a little bit about structuring and putting it together um but you know your content so you literally are it's like coloring in you know color by numbers yeah you're really just filling in the in the blanks when you have the right structure for your book so and yes it's time consuming and you've got to stick at it you've got to keep showing up but when it comes to learning like formatting in particular is a massive thing to learn um yeah. there are tools that you can use uh it's really good to understand exactly how to format so that you can make changes if you want without screwing up the rest of the book um <laughs> it's it's an interesting animal formatting um cover creation i know like i love playing with covers and creating covers myself but i always run it by my one of my kids is um a photographer and videographer and does graphic design so very handy to have around and yeah definitely and so also like reaching it like thinking of the market there there's you know, you're at your age and your son at his age and, like, mm. yeah, collectively together you can come up with something that will hopefully please all of those people in between, yeah. most of those people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, everything gets run by, you know, so it's all professionally done and everything. So whether you want to do your own covers and things, and I see lots of things and I think, yeah, that really shouldn't be, you know, it could be lots better. I, Having said that, though, better to put something out there, in my opinion, then put nothing out there. Like don't wait for things to be perfect to have a go. Um, and don't let anybody tell you not to do this. Like we had that for years and years. This is the rebel coming out of me now. <laughs> um, for years and years we had to go through these gatekeepers, you know, in publishing companies who determined whether or not your book was good enough to publish or you yeah. were a good enough writer to publish. And honestly, screw that. If you've got something to say, you should step up and say it and this is a you know an area I'm really quite passionate about and speak up say what you want to say it is valuable it is worthwhile mm. you're valuable what you think is valuable mm. and you know don't let anyone tell you otherwise editors will help you with making sure that it all flows smoothly um, and sounds you know like reasonable you just tell your story that's all you have to do yeah. and um and then get the professional help to sort it out later but yeah don't wait for it to be perfect so so yeah that's basically the the turning point there is do you want to be a publisher or do you want someone else to do it for you and then if we're going to do it for you then I do like a little onboarding thing where you, you know you 
hand over your draft and then we work out a schedule that's never exact. The schedule always changes because stuff happens. Um, a bit like building a house. There's so many moving parts that, you know, and weather and all those sorts of things. Um, same with the book. Stuff happens. People get sick. Um, other things take time for some reason. And, you know, so sometimes we get out of sync. But we have a basic timeline that we run to. And we always encourage people not to set launch dates until they've seen and approved the final copy of the book. Yeah. And then allow at least six weeks. So, you know, as much as we we can have a projected date we want to work towards, um, don't set anything in concrete until <laughs> yes, that you've seen that that copy, the printed proof copy, and you're happy with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how the process works. I think um uh, yeah, we literally just hold your hand through the editing, through the formatting, through the cover creation, and then the publishing. We we publish to a print-on-demand platform. Yeah. There are other companies that will print, um, you know, they'll do a 1,000 books for you or 10,000 books for you. They haven't printed in India or in China. We don't do that. Right. Um, we just help you print it to a print-on-demand platform, which is Ingram Spark or Lulu or Amazon. Right. And we set up, if you want, we'll set it up for worldwide distribution or global distribution. And so then it goes on to all the online bookstores, regardless of which platform you use. And, and you help them through all that process because that's, that's a hard them. process. Yeah. Well, and that's just really just a time-consuming process and just knowing what things to tick and, yeah. you know, you got to set your pricing, set up your account, um, you know, the tax information and stuff for the overseas companies like Ingram Spark. Well, they're all overseas companies. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so just setting that up. Once it's set up, uh, you're good to go. But and when you do it all the time, like it's easy for me because I'm doing it all the time for different people. But when you're not used to it, it can be. Frustrating yeah. and time-consuming. <laughs> yes, yeah. And if you're busy, no, I guess it depends. So especially for those people who are in business or want to set up a coaching business around their learnings, um, they will be time-rich and cash-poor to begin with, um, and they're working towards being, you know, cash-rich and time-poor. Yeah. And, you know, if they're already there and they've written their book, then they're definitely going to give it to you. Just please just do it for me. Yeah, um, definitely. But if they're at the beginning stages, they might want to learn to do it for themselves and yeah. it's a bit more cost effective. Yeah. And then you can also help them further, like public speaking. Um, how do, how yeah. do you assist with that? You like uh, well, I shop? don't personally. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the process that I teach to actually structure your book um, is also a structure that you can use to structure to structure your so speeches or your blogs or your sales pages. Um, and it's just a way of engaging different readers or different reading styles at different points through, you know, what you're trying to get across. Okay. So, um, and yes, you can, you can definitely use that for speaking, but there's also a couple of people that I work with that are very, very good speaker trainers and, you know, and I work closely with them. So, um, Yes, and I, that's what I would be doing. I would be suggesting you go and do a program with one of those people and um, three come to mind straight up um, who are they're just great at what they do and it's probably then it's just a case of personality, which person you want to work with mm. and um, and go from there. And, look, I don't think you can get enough 
uh, training, like professional development in that way, because the more visible you are, the more work you're going to bring. Mm. So without actually having to, you still have to do marketing, uh, but being more visible definitely reduces that. It's I guess it's a form of marketing. Yeah, definitely. Do mm. you think that it's even, I mean, especially now with the internet and the way it's so wide open and, you know, the chance to go on YouTube and Facebook lives and TikTok and whatever, promoting yourself is probably more important than actually promoting your book because once people know you, they want to find out more with your book. Yeah, book it's sort of like the tail end, that's your call to action. Just get your message out there. Start building relationships with people. If you have a good format for your message and you're clear on your message, that should be easy and fun to do. And for the introverts, and I say this because, as I said before, many authors are introverted. For the, for those people, like even if you do half a dozen videos on, you know, different aspects of what you write about and just keep posting them up around the place you're not you're not actually showing up um you can have a youtube channel you know and youtube's great for um i think it's seo because it's google you know it's it's yeah. well, it was last time i looked i could yeah. that could have changed I, I think it still is yeah okay there you go <laughs> so it comes up fairly high in the rankings when people are searching for a particular topic um so yes just doing little videos and uploading them there uh, upload them to your website and um, to your socials and um, even if you did one every, you know, you did one a month, just a little one when you're feeling good about yourself, maybe when you've just been to the hairdresser, yeah, you know, and um, just do a little bit of makeup and just talk about stuff that you love and it gives people a chance to get to know you and get to like you. Yeah. And then there's a little saying, I love this, I heard this when I was much younger and I was learning, I was in sales. Um. This is early 20s. It's I don't care what you know until I know that you care. Oh, beautiful. So when you just show up and you just talk about what you care about and talk about what you love, and people get to know you, then they're going to go, what else have you got? Uh, what Do you have a book? Do you have, you know, other videos? Is there somewhere else where I can get more of you? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. You're you're very warm and it seems like, you know, disruptive publishing is all-encompassing for anybody that's thinking about becoming an author or is an accomplished author that wants to publish that I feel you would be a very safe person to come to and talk to and guide them through. Why would you say people should come and see you? Um, certainly I'm going to be honest with you. And that's probably a little bit of dis disruption for me too. We have had a book recently that, um, you know, I gave it out to beta readers and the feedback was not um, as good as I would have liked it to have been. Um, I was willing not to publish it, even though I get paid for that. Um, I was willing not to publish it if she was not willing to do a little bit of extra work mm. uh, with that book. And... Uh, so I guess that level of integrity, I'd like to think, uh, as it turns out, we were able to guide her through that um, and there was some extra work done and um, it just made all the difference, seriously. Um, so I guess that level of integrity, just knowing that I'm going to be honest with you about your story, I'm not going to let you publish something that's not good for you. Um, 
and because I just won't be a part of that yeah. at all. And, you know, there are other aspects too of publishing where I'm probably a bit too honest for my own good. Um, but that's, you know, we all have to live with ourselves and sleep at night. So um, I think, you know, and I'm going to attract people. I'm not going to attract people that think differently to me. Um, so if you're attracted to me and what I do, and I find this a group of people that will just say to me, oh, disruptive, that's a really good word. <laughs> as soon as they say it, I know it stirred something in them. I know they're my people. Um, and I just feel like it just puts us on, before we've even had a conversation, it just puts us on a level of understanding. Yeah. Um, and it's a great platform from which to work. So I really haven't answered your question. <laughs> um, and I, I want to say, you know, because it's me, but that's all a little bit of bullshit really. No, well, um, it's true. I think people do come because of the person behind it. That's kind of what yeah. I, I was alluding to with, you know, yeah. people want to get to know that person and then find out more about more about them. Because it's yeah. you that people are first seeing. Yeah. And if, if they immediately think, oh, yeah, no, I don't like her, that's the end. But if you're appealing. Yeah. And... Look, I think if I was going to say to people, why me and not someone else, I'm going to say a couple of things. Firstly, I make it as fun as possible, right, because it can be quite grueling. Yeah. I make it as fun as possible. I am as transparent as possible with the process. I am very good at managing expectations. Not perfect, <laughs> but very good. And I find that is where a lot of problems will occur is if people have a different set of expectations to what you're delivering and what you're thinking, there's a gap. And that gap is where trouble lies. Yeah. So if expectations are you know, very clear for people. It makes the process much easier, much more enjoyable, and it is very much a process for a process of um, priority for me to make publishing as enjoyable and accessible as possible for authors. Um, so that would be one area where I think, yep, definitely come to me if that matters to you. Um, I'm not cheap, and I don't want to be cheap. Um, I do a good job, so and I charge what I'm worth. So uh, also something else, you know, if, if you want the job done right and you're happy to pay to have the job done right, I'm your girl. Um, but also one of the things that we're doing this year is um, adding in a component around marketing. And that is a massive area, as you said before, 100%. you know, you, you publish a book and then if you don't market it, even if you go with a traditional publisher and they pay for everything for you, they will not publish for you unless you've already got a following and they still expect you to do quite a bit of marketing. Um, yeah. So whichever way you go. So we are bringing in that support now this year like we haven't done in the past. I do have a module on setting up an author platform and, you know, it's a good starting ground, but you've got to keep it going. And so we're adding in now this 90-day book marketing planning session, uh, which will be launching. I think our first one will be in April. That's um, such a good idea. There's a lot of, yeah. yeah, I think pretty much all of my authors that come to me to do the audio book, they're like, I need yeah. to get it out there. Do yes. you know how, do you do marketing? It's like... It's yeah. like the key, isn't it? Because if people At don't time. know, they don't yeah. know. <laughs> yes. So that's yeah. really good that you're offering that, you know. Yeah. And, and even just a small insight into marketing yeah. and then maybe bringing them out of their shells to encourage them yes. to get on there and do that marketing because yes. a lot of people yeah. say, I'm just a writer, I'm just a writer. But if you don't want, 
if you want your book out there, you've got to be more than a writer. You've got to be a marketer as well. Yeah. Again, I've just come back to that, what I was saying before about love what you've written and love the cover mm-hmm. um, and you will love putting it in front of people. You'll be proud and you'll know if it's making, especially if it's something you've written that will make a difference to someone else. Mm. Um, you're going to love putting it in front of other people where it's challenging if you've still got doubts about, you know, its value, the book's value um, or your own value in that process. So that is an area where we do focus on making sure that people feel good about themselves as an author and their books as a product. Mm. That sounds sensational. So where can people find you? (laughs) disruptedpublishing.com.au you're also on linkedin though i'm on linkedin on facebook uh and you've got your own podcast i do i haven't actually done episode for a little while but i've got um disrupted publishing on uh, youtube but also on buzzsprout so i think it comes up on apple and uh all the different platforms yeah all the i think if you threw buzzsprout it goes everywhere yeah. So you're a busy girl. And do you ever have yeah. downtime? I do. I do, in fact. My favourite downtime is actually, and this, so because I'll be thinking retiring in 10 years. So I want to write a, an amazing midsummer series of my own. Oh, that's you cool. Know. Yeah, but something local to southeast Queensland, of course. Yeah. And um, it'll be a female character, of course, <laughs> you know, an empowered woman. Um. But, yeah, that's what I'd like to do with my downtime is just get in the caravan and go bush and just write. That, that's what I look forward to. Oh, that mm. sounds sensational. Yeah. Well, if anybody's in for some disruptive publishing, then obviously and very clearly Deb knows exactly what she's talking about. She's done over 250 other books and um, I love Deb. She's awesome. So creative. Disruptivepublishing.com.au. And thank you, Deb, for joining me today on my podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. You're just such a sweetheart. Thank you. Thanks for joining the Simon Filer podcast. What's your story? Contact Simon for a chat at brisbaneaudiobookproduction.com.